Brilliance Audio presents Paris Still Life by Rosalind Brackenberry Performed by Cassandra Campbell That morning was grey with the cool washed gleam you often wake up to in Paris. It was a Monday, and I suppose that was why they chose it to film on Rue Mouffetard. I went out to buy bread and top up my phone, but of course everything, even the local boulangerie, was closed. There'd be one open higher up the street, most likely, but the way was barred. A young woman was shooing people along Rue Saint-Médard, explaining quite patiently, over and over, that it was a film, and that they couldn't take photos using flash while filming was going on. The street had been transformed into a 1950s street, with shop fronts put up over the modern ones, with boucherie and so on in antiquated writing— there was a smell of hay and animals. They even had tiny birds in cages, although they turned out to be fake, with little wire claws. It was all old France, men in brown suits and flat caps, women in skirts and thick heels and makeup, carts everywhere, only the cobbles and the shape of the street unchanged, its crooked path that has been there since the Middle Ages. People stood watching, about to disobey the rules and use flash on their cameras. Someone murmured that Juliette Binoche was coming, or was it Julie Delpy? Then someone else said it was an American film. They would all be Americans. Watching the film being made, even this very small part of it, was like watching a performance in itself, in which people raised and lowered lights, pulled thick ropes of electric cable after them, pushed objects this way and that, it all seemed very slow. The actors sat about on chairs and had their faces rubbed by makeup people, their hair patted into shape, their clothes tweaked. Then they got up and walked about, talking on their cell phones, outside the world of the movie. Then they were on set, and their movements changed. The cameras hung and swooped, and the makeup people ran after the actors, dabbing their faces, pulling at their clothes. They were all making an alternative reality there on the street. It seemed an incredibly laborious way of doing this. When you were a kid, you can just say, this part of the floor is the sea, this table is a ship, and there you are at sea. This movie-making, this creation of play for adults, was an unwieldy version of make-believe in which nothing, not even the smallest detail, could be left to the imagination. I stayed there, fascinated, watching, in the frail late-morning sunshine. Yes, the light was spreading. A pale egg of sun had emerged. It was my first week in Paris, and the light seemed filtered after the brilliance of Florida, the air unusually cool on my skin. I thought of how different people looked who did not have cell phones clapped to their ears. Just people walking, talking. In those days, in the forties, the fifties, you could only talk to the person next to you, or go somewhere special and use a heavy black bakelite telephone. The world of instant connection, of cell phones, of Skype and Wi-Fi, and taking photographs with your tiny phone, all of which now seems so necessary, none of it had been either invented or expected. We are living in science fiction, and we don't even notice.'